From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Our feet take a beating day after day, but there are things we can do in order to maintain foot health. Here with me in the HealthLink on Air studio is Associate Professor Christopher Neville from the Department of Physical Therapy Education at Upstate. He's also the co-director of the Motion Analysis Lab at Upstate's Institute for Human Performance. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Neville. Yes, good morning. Thank you. So what can you tell us about the importance of looking out for our feet and ankles? Do we, um, do we need help choosing the right kinds of shoes? Well, sort of lots of things I think we can do for uh, the health of our feet. And it's interesting you bring up the idea of shoes. Um, there's, there's sort of some new research and, and new interest, and, and maybe this doesn't seem too new to many people, as you bring up shoes and actually not wearing shoes, right? So the less we wear shoes, perhaps the more we're using the muscles and the, the joints of our feet that are supposed to move and use these muscles when we don't put them in shoes uh, more. And so um, some efforts, and you know, this is not too new with barefoot running and shoes that are very low profile and things like that, um, really with more of the work that I do, um, interest in, in what, what we haven't done yet is translate that into patient care and what, you know, the average person should do, right, aside from elite runners and things like that. But in terms of spending some time without shoes on your feet, it, might it, be. it may be a good thing, right? It's something we have to be a little careful of. Um, certain patient populations with diabetes, things like that. And then for the average person, right, we have to worry that we're, you know, there's a reason we wear shoes, right? So we don't step on things. We don't damage the bottom of our feet. Um, but if we can avoid those things, there may be positive benefits of not wearing shoes and utilizing all the muscles and joints that support our feet normally. What about people whose shoes hurt them, that are uncomfortable, but they wear them anyway because they like the way they look or they go with a particular outfit? Yeah, yeah. Are they doing um, permanent damage? Well, um, I mean, ill-fitting shoes and shoes that hurt, right, are probably not good for your feet, right? Pain is a pretty good indicator in general of things that are not good for us. So, um, I mean, do we know long-term is, you know, is... is wearing a pair of shoes that go with an outfit, right? We all do this, right? We dress up for whatever reason. For short periods of time, this is probably okay. Um, now, we also know that, that uh, it, it can link to things like bunions, uh, you know, big toe hallux deformities, things like that. So long-term use of shoes that don't fit are, is not good for your feet. So how do we know if our feet and our ankles are strong enough? How do we know if they're healthy? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. It's one that really most of my work is, is interested in, which relates to the strength of our foot and ankle, right? Um, it's been an area, you know, and this sort of maybe ties back into shoes. We put our feet and our ankles into shoes, right? And we walk around on them. And we don't think too much about what's being, you know, what, what inside, what muscles, what ligaments are really supporting your feet inside your shoes, there's some old, old data that has really been, continues to be referenced that sort of suggests the joints, the joints themselves in your feet, and then the ligaments that surround them may provide sort of the support that's needed for your feet. And so, you know, so, so essentially your muscles aren't needed, right? But there's newer work that's sort of suggesting that's not the case, that the muscles, right, which big aha, right? Of course, we have all these muscles that go down into our feet. Well, we need them. Right. And the idea is that they probably are doing something. They're generating power that helps us walk, that helps us move. And 
And so looking at those muscles and how we continue to strengthen them, use them, um, keep them healthy, things like that is probably important. And, and there's probably lots of things we do, including putting ourselves in fairly stiff shoes and walking around and things like that, that, that decreases the amount we use those muscles. So are there exercises for these muscles that we should be doing or do they get enough just from us walking? No, I, I think there are, you know, we, we, we know two things. One, ankle, so this, is, this relates to range of motion, ankle dorsiflexion, your ability to pick your foot up, right? So pick your foot up towards your head. The amount that your foot moves up towards your lower leg. Um, we know that people with limited dorsiflexion, so if you don't have enough of that, it, it predisposes you. It's a risk factor for a whole series of different foot and ankle conditions. And these are the most common conditions like plantar fasciitis, um, Achilles tendinopathy, ankle sprains. All three of those, the three most common orthopedic injuries in the foot and ankle are linked to lack of dorsiflexion. So one, having adequate range of motion and keeping your ankle moving is important. But then the second part is your ability to rise up onto your toes, lift your body weight up onto your toes. So, so having the strength in your ankle to, to lift your body weight is really essential for your ability to walk. We use our ankle a lot to push ourselves forward. Now, interestingly, the problem is as you lose that ability, you compensate. And so people don't notice it. They don't notice that they can't, they don't have that strength in their ankle anymore. Some of this is a natural process of aging. As we get older, we, we lose muscle strength. We, our, our tendons and our ligaments change structure a little bit. And so we lose this ability to produce that power. But, um, but long term, and the, you know, that's a negative consequence to our overall functional mobility. And there's things you can do to prevent it, right? Or at least, you know, slow it down. Well, like you mentioned, stand, I mean, going up on your toes occasionally to see if you can do that or how long you can stay yeah, up there yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it's a good strengthening exercise. I mean, again, lots of, you know, exercise programs, health and wellness programs. We see people, you know, walking, doing squats, going up and down stairs, things like that. But not a lot that focuses on our foot and on our ankles. And so, um, and yet your ankle may be the, you know, the joint that contributes the most to actually pushing yourself forward for normal speed walking. Well, I want to ask you more about the foot problems that you just mentioned, but let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Associate Professor Christopher Neville from the Department of Physical Therapy Education at Upstate. So how would someone know that something's wrong with their feet or ankles? You mentioned plantar fasciitis. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have heard of that, but what is, what is it? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, your first question, sort of, how do we know if something's wrong with our feet? I mean, like lots of things, I mean, pain is, is right, a, a common indicator, right? It's why people come to see medical professionals. It's why they come to see physical therapists. It's why they go to see their primary care doctors, right? It's rare that we have... And this is sort of relevant for the foot and ankle is that lots of times we have problems. We refer deformities in our feet, right? You're to a toe that, that's turning a little bit or an arch that starts to collapse or something that looks different side to side from one foot to the other. And for the most part, people ignore those, right? They, they see the, you know, they, we don't seek medical attention for those until they hurt, right? So it's usually pain that drives people in to do something about it. Um, 
And those changes you mentioned may be so subtle over time. It's not like you wake up one morning yeah. and your toes turn the other, or maybe right, maybe sure. you do, but um, if it's a gradual thing, you might not even yeah. really notice it. Yeah, yeah, and so. it's another reason why we don't always, you know, pursue things until it really bothers you. Um, so, uh, you know, so there are certain conditions, plantar fasciitis, which is basically pain along the the bottom of your foot and the heel of your foot. We think it's related to some of the uh, ligamentous support that occurs in the bottom of your foot. Um, it's very common. It's probably the most common, you know, uh, pain-related uh, issue in your foot and ankle. Um, and there is good treatment available for it. Um, and we also know that it runs somewhat of a natural course and that lots of people do get it and lots of people, you know, it resolves. In, in almost all people, it resolves naturally without surgical intervention or things like that. You mentioned Achilles tendinopathy. Is that uh, tendon? Yes, we have a really big a, a tendon on the back of our ankle, right, on the back of our heel. This is your Achilles tendon. It attaches to two muscles in your, in your calf or in your lower leg. This is a, a huge tendon, a huge set of muscles that really propels our ankle uh, to, to move. Um, it's traumatically ruptured in some people, right? You can rupture that ligament, but you also can just develop pain in that ligament or in that, I'm sorry, in that tendon. And, and this pain, um, we think links to a few different things. Sometimes it's uh, an inflammation kind of pain, and then other times it's actually a degenerative kind of pain. And both of those occur within the tendon. And there's some recent evidence that suggests they may be occurring even together um, for most people. But again, there's good conservative treatment for those things. There's also surgical treatment, um, obviously in the event of ruptures and things like that, but also in the event of just pain, sometimes surgical interventions are needed. Now you as a physical therapist, do you specialize in the feet? Um, I really, so most of my sort of research work and background is in the joints and mechanics of, of your foot and ankle. Again, you know, for most people, we think of like the hip replacements and knee replacements that have been done for a long time. Um, these are joints that are well studied. Um, in some ways, it was just time, but in another way, it was also technology for studying small joints, small joints of our foot, even joints of our ankle that are hard to get to. Um, we didn't have the technology for those things, um, and that's evolved over the last, I mean, even 15 years. And so we have more knowledge and understanding about these little joints in our foot and ankle. And so most of my work has, has focused on understanding those mechanics. Interesting. I know that you were recently interviewed for Real Simple Magazine mm -hmm. um, talking about what people can do to make their feet feel better at the end of the day and we're not talking about foot problems but we're just talking about you know you've been on your feet all day and they're sore and achy when you get home right yeah. what advice were you able to give yeah that's hard i mean obviously this crosses over a lot into some of the things we've talked about already maintaining range of motion keeping your foot and ankle moving um, maybe that means taking it out of some shoes a little bit and keeping these joints moving um, as well as strengthening and things like that um, but when we think of you know what makes our feet feel better at the end of the day when your feet are sore and tired from walking around all day or um, you know it's hard to think about doing exercise and right. strengthening and so you know lots of things that just make our feet feel better are rest related and and things like that and that's that you know that's what that um that story sort of talked about a little bit and you know going back and reading it, it, it one of the things that struck me is we're missing the wellness component of strengthening our feet. And that's that's a piece that's kind of missing from, 
you know, from any discussion of what just makes our feet feel better, but really long-term health of the joints and the muscles that surround those, you know, our foot and ankle probably need some strengthening, right? So why does elevating our feet feel good to come home and stick them on the coffee yeah. table at the end of the day? What's... Yeah. Well, your feet, you know, there's a cardiovascular component to this or a vascular component to it that your feet are dependent, meaning they, you know, are sitting below our heart and, and gravity's feeding blood down into our lower legs all day long. And, and so, you know, our feet have to work extra hard to try and get all that blood back up to our heart, right? And it doesn't happen really efficiently. So, so at the end of the day, especially um, as you have vascular compromise in different ways, and these, this, some of this probably occurs normally, but also in, in certain conditions where the vasculature in our lower limbs becomes less, less able to kind of move all this blood back up. And so at the end of the day, putting them up may really help with swelling and edema and things like that. And so for some patients, it's actually, you know, very necessary. Well, let me ask you about, um, kind of tied into that, I think, uh, compression socks or stockings. Uh, is that something everyone should be looking at, or are those geared to people with certain conditions? Yeah, I mean, definitely not everyone. Um, certain conditions, for sure, it's indicated, and, and those relate back to if you have vascular compromise that's limiting the ability of your vasculature to return blood back up your leg you may need augmenting with compression socks and things like that they're very effective for that it's helpful to just sort of balance out the pressures that are returning um, uh, blood back up to your you know heart and things like that now would other people and now you do see some like even runners wearing them and things like that there are you know, some added uh, compression that helps with just vascular exchange can be helpful in, in different, you know, scenarios where people are exerting themselves. Um, they're, not, they're not harmful to anybody um, it, as long as they're fitted correctly and as long as they're not, uh, you know, producing swelling. Um, but, uh, but they're probably not needed for, for many people either. Well, that's good advice. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you to Associate Professor Christopher Neville from the Department of Physical Therapy Education at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.